What is up, everybody? This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 16, Episode 16. How y'all doing? Uh, it's been pretty good here. Uh, tore, didn't tear, kind of strained my rotator cuff. I've had an issue for years, so I was out of the water for a little bit. Uh, trying to get used to this new egg, but the conditions haven't been ideal uh, over at Topanga. Um, so... I don't know what to make of it, but hopefully I have three weeks before I leave for the North Shore, and I think I'll be used to this board enough to, to, to be able to surf there for three weeks and not sweat it too hard. How's everyone else been? How have you guys uh, been enjoying the warm weather we've been having? Uh, a lot of people like to say global warming doesn't exist, but it obviously does. Um, it's made it fun to surf, except there's not much swell. Uh, there's been some afternoon swell here in the South Bay that I've been bummed that I haven't been able to go to because uh, I got to pick up my daughter from daycare and drop her off at home. Uh, but I hope you guys have been catching some of that stuff. I want to thank everybody for their support. Uh, it's been pretty great. Been getting some reviews over on iTunes, and I appreciate if anyone else wants to drop some reviews. I like hearing what people have to say. Uh, there's one review up there that's mostly negative, and I almost like that more than uh, positive reviews because I know what I got to work on. Uh, but one thing I'll say that they mentioned is, you know, they were like, they said something like, I didn't care much about the music and blah, blah, blah. If people are expecting this to be a straight up surf podcast, like some of these other corny surf podcasts, that's not what this is. And that's never what the Bodega Border Crew is about. And you're probably not going to be into what we're going to be playing and who we're going to be interviewing and what we're going to be selling. So I don't mind if you don't listen. Uh, if you think I'm going to tell you where the interview drops, how many minutes into it? No, because the point of this is that I want you guys to check out some tracks and listen to some music. I mean, the whole Bodega Border Crew vibe is hip hop meets surf culture. Um, I'm not going to just get rid of the hip hop portion because you're ignorant to it or don't get it or don't like it, you know? Fast forward for yourself. You actually might be turned on to some music that you normally wouldn't listen to. I know some of my friends have even said like, oh, I don't care much about the music. And I'm like, I honestly don't give a fuck. Like, this is what our vibe is, you know? Go find an interview somewhere else. I'm sure a lot of these people that I interview do interviews at other podcasts, other places, other videos. Find those. Um, also, to that extent, the people, when I interview them, we're gonna talk about some hip hop, some street culture and how they came from that or how it's affected them in their surfing. I know today's guest, uh, CJ Nelson, he comes from that skateboarding and hip hop background of the Embarcadero era. So he had a lot to say about that. Uh, also on today's episode, we're gonna have a couple of short takes. Uh, the first short take we're gonna have is having to do with, um, with uh, the new Spitfire video that came out. Uh, which is pretty cool. I love when Spitfire puts out these edits. They have a huge team. They also have one of the best wheels. I think the best wheel in the game. I've been riding Spitfire since like the 90s, uh, since the original Swirl. So I was stoked on this video. Uh, there's also a surf movie uh, called Beyond Surf uh, that we're going to highlight about surfing in Africa that I think is really cool and I want people to check out. And the last thing I'm going to talk about is the One Wave, One Fin Innocence Contest. There's only a couple of days left. I think it's till Friday is the last day uh, or Saturday. Uh, try to enter, try to get in. It's a great way to make a, a G real quick if you're a logger. Um, so we'll talk about that a, a bit. Let's get to a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, volume 16, episode 16. You can find us at Bodega Border Crew on Instagram, 
you could check out our page, uh, bodegaboardcrew.podbean.com, where we have track listings, where we have links uh, to things we're talking about, people we're talking with. We also have links to our merch, which you could buy at the Bodega Border Crew store. Dot com bodega border crew store.com where we still have a couple of those teas that we did with the bandits and i hope you guys can pick up some of those i know uh the hot dogger championship was doing a giveaway with us and them and uh, some of those came out but anyway we're gonna get right into the tracks and then we'll get into the interview with cj nelson i'm starting it off today with this kind of obscure ghostface killer track that was more of a commercial for their wugu product I love the Woo on multiple levels, as everybody knows. Uh, one of the biggest things is that they've been able to create this brand and they could pretty much put their name on any product and sell it. And I think that's one of the dopest things. You don't see a lot of hip hop groups. You don't see a lot of musicians who pull it off successfully. Successfully, um, Gene Simmons tries to do it with Kiss, but Gene Simmons is a piece of shit and it comes out in the product. Uh, at least with the Woo, you know, they're selling like weed and like, you know, Timberland style boots and shit that's appropriate to their brand. But anyway, this is a track that was part of an infomercial. I think it's kind of funny. It's Ghostface and Killer Priest. Uh, we're gonna play it and then I'll check you out in a little bit. Peace. Damn that dynamite six royal, vanilla mango rainbow, Taiwanese Tokyo angel, Yarashu, Wugu label, take a puff from a volcano, lowers anxiety, eyes fiery, pineapple coconut puff, the third eye opens up, relaxed state of mind, cure cancers in stages of time, you get the appetite after hitting dynamite, just press the pin, then in hell you don't need a light, so weedmagnet.com, log on, Miss Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, Superhero strong, Dr. Zodiac wax, solo felony fight, one hit a quitter, one puff is enough, good night. Stop that rap. Now every time I grab the mic, I rock. 
Well, my story goes like this, man. I smooth went out on wax. Singing girl, that's your life. Female funk and short rap. Silky D, work the beat. Kick me down, cold cash. I was riding the bus one day. The next day, I was on the gas. Everybody loved too short. Rolling down the strip. Then one day, just like that, homeboy jumped on my tip. You started spreading rumors, man. Said you saw me rapping in jail. No, I never came down to the flatland. I was chilling with the homies on the hill. I ain't tripping, but the word went out. Sir, too short was through. Can't really say where it all began, so I'm blaming it all on you. Everybody used to say, too short, don't stop that rap. Now every time you see my face, you say I'm smoking crack. Oakland, California, IA, I heard it all before. I'm making big bank now, rocking the crowd. I ain't tripping no more.
explain the stars reflected in her corneas It makes they arts beat hard against they corsets Which bops they like it's up against they forests And it wasn't the toughest little girl's mind up in orbit She had a four-fifth little dolly while in space But she could touch the line Privately, we poured it intimately Yes, we poured it constantly As for activity, trying my in the end of society from your new knowledge experience at the distance from the crust to the mantle to the core is much greater than previous measurements and as we have penciled in as lyricists in this time period we experiment with a myriad of new findings different from the supposed truths the ample evidence we presented it complemented our argument that everything is impermanent not static or at a settled standstill as the opposite of it has suggested is legitimate and finally a reminder that the precious metals and ores mined for early in the earth's surface sediment cannot compare to the infinite introspective Render, if you will, represented by the treasures indicative of our entrance into the Earth's center and sun, isn't it? Yes, 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 well, yes, yes, yes. You're dealing with your resistance, fresh, fresh, fresh. You want to surely you just look less scared. One thing correct before you step, focus on breath, breath, breath. One rep, breath, breath, breath. Select yet another set of styles. Yup, yup, yup. Each one is hard as records. I got the flex, flex, flex. Project protection, I'm collecting text, text, text. While you're caught up thinking rap is just sex, sex, sex. And more flesh, flesh, flesh. Robbing the soul of its precious sensuousness. Most of these rappers talking shit out inside of their neck. What the heck? Small and more suckers getting time for less, 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 and less. Lesson one, if aiming to impress, press, press. You gotta do it yourself, quiet. If my work is respected, I collect checks, checks, checks. They can all bounce, and if they do, I got an ounce of the rest. So it's I ain't stressed. water weapons, baby, haven't you heard? Of all the tongues from different planes and left the boundaries blurred. And I taught Neanderthal to use the rotary phone. I kicked the devil in his neck without my rosary on. And I checked out the vampire's ass. Sands, gall, existence, all it's then without the crucifix. Punched the wooden stake deep inside his chest. Pinned him, thrashing around to the bottom of his arcade. Rising around to the only thing left were little scraps and nothing is scattered all about him. All different shapes and sizes going But around. all of one entity That I brought together for my pleasure Watch this now Your last dinner in my chamber Where I tamper weapons Fuck around with this rusty And you'll get it You'll get your steak in it Seeds of vinaigrette Save for your cigarette Cause I'ma tape your lips Become a marionette You curtsy pirouette And when my blade caress I scrape my bayonet You lose your favorite I love that fragrance Playful pet Yes, I'm the patron Ain't a dangerous You slangin' latex You driving major rest Over some later rest Over the sunset's edge 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 Da-da-da-da
That's the motto, I'm nice with mics, custom motto Drug related, blunt guts, all up in your condo Hate a nosy woman, why you all up in my condo? Let me hold something, look at you killers like you owe something Stole something, give me my paper before I blow something right now Give me my fucking shit, chick I want it right now Give me my fucking shit, chick a pop Shady niggas hiding the loot, you see my baby need shoes And the record label try and recoup, I want it right now Give me my fucking shit, chick and I mean right now Give me my fucking shit, chick a pop Gun battles, so many chains in the neck, hands and feet. Niggas say it's shackles, sky blue, cherry cloth, low pull over. Content like a 2010 new over. Boobies on, never ran it. Call me a dog, you shitting everywhere, cause niggas can't stand it. 
exterminate faggots who violate square school therapy SI, we don't fight fear Beef, we can get it on right here And that includes y'all little niggas wearing tight gear I'm gone, and that shit target ain't right there My money long and green like Buzz Lightyear's I'm all right here The way I move the blow, fuck a show You would think it was an all-white affair Ben Fuego, more fire here And you see me getting money off the water like a Paul Barrow there No Newports, Marlboro's here Blow smoke at the smoke in your face, bitch I ain't never care, get shot down when the dogs smell fair Let me hold something, lick in your face like you owe something Let me hold something, look at you killers like you owe something Stole something, give me my paper before I blow something right now Give me my fucking shit, I want it right now Give me my fucking shit, chick-a-pie Shady niggas hiding the loot, you see my baby need shoes And the record label try and recoup, I want it right now Give me my fucking shit, and I need right now Give me my fucking shit, I'm playing for the bucks like Hakeem Warwick Nickel bag in the park, my team on it They want it like that in the street It's dry as a well, hell, that's why I sell crack of the beat I ain't trying to just happen to eat I'ma make a nigga dance even if I got the clap of his feet This is something like lock up, murder behind bars A warrior, my story defined by my scars 7.30 verbal, my word works circles You a jerk, fool, I burn you like your birds Let do. me hold something, look at you killers like you owe something Stole something, give me my paper before I blow something right now Give me my fucking shit, Chick I want it right now Give me my fucking shit, Chick a pop Shady niggas hiding the loot, you see my baby need shoes And the record label try and recoup, I want it right now Give me my fucking shit, and I'm right now. Give me my fucking shit. We are back. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast. Hope you've been enjoying those tracks. Some of those tracks were actually picked out by CJ Nelson, who uh, we're going to be playing his interview right now. Uh, most people that I interview, I always ask them, hey, do you want us to play any tracks? And I love how CJ, the second I asked him that, within no more than five minutes, he texted me his five tracks immediately and knew what they were. So they're mixed in there with the, the mix that I had going on, threw in some Scarface, threw in some Woo, obviously, uh, T-Rex, uh, Too Short, uh, Ghostface, and uh, some Cool G Rap. But right now I'm gonna get into this interview with CJ Nelson. CJ Nelson has a huge career, if you wanna call it that, or lifespan in the logging world. Uh, he's been in, some of Thomas Campbell's early movies uh, such as Sprout and uh, most recently he was in Nate Oldfield's movie. Uh, it's really interesting to watch his style from early on to, to most recent footage of him and for instance at the Mexi Log Fest because he talks about it in an interview about how he's changed his style uh, based on things he's learned through life. So his his surfing is a direct reflection of everything he's gone through in his life. So early on, he had a certain style that reflected his life at that point. Uh, later on, developed a different style that reflected his life at that point. I also thought it was really interesting that he was one of the original EMB kids. Uh, we're the same age, so it was kind of cool to hear from someone who was going through skateboarding at the same time on the West Coast in, in their street skateboarding mecca, which was EMB, as I was going through it in the Brooklyn Banks in New York City at the same time. So it was really cool. 
But anyway, I'm not going to give away too much data for you. I'm just going to put it out there. Um, so make sure you pay attention to what he has to say. I think it's pretty insightful. Uh, he came over my house and we had a great time. And uh, let, it, let me know what you think. So you grew you grew up as like one of the EMB kids. Yeah, like well, I grew up in the my 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 grandparents um, owned a general store in Hunters Point. Uh huh. In SF, and my dad was born on Cesar Chavez, right? Oh there. shit, yeah. And so I they moved to um, like Redwood City, and that's where I went to school. Okay. But I was like, I didn't go to school. I just like took the train to EMB every uh -huh. day and just you know ran amok skating with everybody i mean that was kind of insane i remember when keith and those guys got there and i think one of the big things we saw is when because i grew up with like keith huff and uh gino Inucci and all these guys that, that was our crew so like when gino backs 180 he'll flip the guns and he brought that back to my house in new york city and we we're all watching it and we're like fucking shit it's on yeah. i remember going to san francisco i think the year after that and like, you know, it's so funny when you look at video of like EMB and stuff, you're like, oh, this looks perfect, it's smooth, the ledges look great, the guns doesn't look that scary. And then you go there and you're like, oh fuck, this is like a totally different, this yeah, yeah. ground is garbage. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like the fact that everybody was doing that shit back then. It was crazy and those ledges were, you know. Fucking eaten up. Gnarly. Dude, they were eaten up. It was like someone took a fucking jackhammer to them. Yeah. Like, like when you see it, like in, in especially in like Henry's part, in the pack of lies. You're like, dude, this looks so fucking buttery. Like it's crunchy, but it looks fine. And you show up there, and you're like, what? I remember what's his name, um, Brad Staba, who lived in uh, where he Walnut Creek. He took yeah, me yeah. down there, and one of the first times I went down there, and he was like, he's like, I don't even skate this shit. I can't. <laughs> well, like, it's like when you when you grow up skating the bricks, you know, it's just you. You got it. You yeah. Know? But you have to have it. Yeah. It's like New York skaters are gnarly, yep. man. The ground there is like the no, worst it is. in the world. It's yeah, it's horrible. I mean, that's why it wasn't so crazy for us, but it yeah. was still kind of like, like we, we were coming to LA and San Diego in like 90. We started coming here. We'd come here for the summers and stuff. And like here, it's like, forget it. It's like everything's smooth Perfect, and like yeah. hydrants are like, what, like two inches high. Yeah, yeah. Like picking tables are tiny. And then when we got to SF, we're like, oh, this is like back home. <laughs> this yeah, is yeah. not the paradise. We, this is not going to be so easy. Yeah, SF is, SF is like, for me, is super homey. And every time I go there, I'm just, it, I had some rough years up there. It ended up being like, when I left SF and moved to San Francisco, I mean, when I moved from SF to SC and started skating with Ron Whaley and yeah. Israel Forbes and Justin Strubing and like Justin and, and uh, Jaya had uh, adrenaline skateboards going, yeah. you know? But I was kind of like, at that point I was more like, oh, I'm gonna surf, you know, like I was skating. So you skated before you surfed? Well, I did both, but there was a while there where I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like rip for really, for real skate. Yeah. You know? like, I so what was that, like 90? Probably like, you know, like 87 to 93, I yeah. was pushing hard. Yeah. Like doing, to me, I mean, that's as hard as I could. That's when we were doing it. And that was the best. For me, it was the best time. Yeah, yeah. And so, but yeah, then San Francisco, like I started going from Santa Cruz to SF to hang at the Adrenaline House and, you know, um, Kit Erickson and Jaya, they were there and, and Justin and it just became like, I was surfing, so I was focused on surfing, so skating became like partying. Which is that era it was. That it era. was like we were going to the you know, 500 club and just like going big. Yeah. And so, you know, then it kind of like skating just 
kind of lost it. I just was. I ended up drinking more than I was skating. That's what a lot of us did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is like it. It sucks, but that's like you know you're that age and you're on your own. Yeah. So then, how did you how did you push more? Like, when did you push more into like surfing? Well, I just you know what happened was is I was, I was uh, that was like when switch, like flat switch was coming out a lot. You know, like I was skating switch all the time, doing switch stuff on ledges, and then I was like, okay, like nobody's like doing any switch nose ride stuff like on logs or huh. on, on surfboards, you know. Uh-huh. And so like I just started doing it. And then that summer, um, I, mean, I forget what summer it was, but I went to Malibu with, and Dane Peterson was living um, with a friend of his in Point Doom. And he was like, dude, just come stay with me. And I didn't drive, so I was like 27. So I went and stayed and I just went, started surfing switch like all summer at Malibu. And that's when I was like, oh yeah, this is, this feels fucking good. Like I'm just gonna focus all my energy on this. Yeah, cause no one was really doing it. Nobody was bringing anything technical to nose riding yeah. at all, or to logging, really. I mean, it was. I mean, back then it was it was more about being just being smooth, style, you know, smooth. Yeah. And now you know, well, we'll get. In, I guess we'll get into that later. But you know, back then, Farbro, Joel, Devin, a handful of other guys. You know, back then there was still like Bongo was was like part of our deal. You know, and. There was a, you know, Vince Felix and just a couple of us that are still doing it, you know, that were, it was about being smooth and about being functional, uh-huh. you know? And then I, I felt like I just, I don't know, I had a pretty kind of like out outgoing like attitude. So I, I wanted to just get technical. And it actually ended up fucking me up because I, <laughs> I, I, I obsessed about it so much. And I see kids, actually I have a little team writer that's doing it right now, but I obsessed about it so much that it ruined my surfing. Like you got too, ultimately, it got, it got too, you were too I spent that. like six years going switch on the nose and like trying to hang 10 as long as possible. And it, it, it ruined, all my boards became funky. My surfing became one dimensional. Uh-huh. It was just like I just well, it becomes the thing that like you stick to, and you're kind of like you're beating the shit out of it, and then yeah. it's like you've beaten it to death, where it's like you're beating yourself up, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Essentially, like it's and there's you know, no way. I mean, like I I have you know my friend Steve Cleveland was recording me like doing like you know twenty thirty second hang tens in Scorpion Bay and at Malibu, and it's like you know there's it's just like a, a, a mute point at that, you know. You were kind of like over. I was like, so then okay, where did- yeah anybody anybody on this fucking surfboard. Who spends a couple of years at it could probably do this, you know. Because it's so it's such a cheater board I was riding and everything. So was that one of your your boards? It, yeah, it was like a it was an arrow. Uh, Dane Purley okay shaped it. Now I have I released that model in my 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 line called it's called the Sprout. And, that, and that's the Sprout. Yeah. Yeah, I saw someone actually riding it today at Porto. Yeah. Um, uh, that was the one that you you basically wrote in the Sprout yes, movie and, yeah, and totally. stuff like that. Yeah. So what made you want to bring that back now? Just popular demand. Like people were asking for it? Yeah. People were like, what's that board? Because I'm like all hung up on this, you know, involvement style stuff, uh-huh. you know? And so that's because I just feel like it It just keeps you more at bay and, and you can't really cheat. And, you know, you, it's just more multi-dimensional mm-hmm. longboarding. But everywhere I go, people be like, oh, you know, I really want one of those old, you know, kind of 
boards you used to ride, you yeah. know, I'd be like, all right, you know, just Fine. anybody can, you yeah. Know. But yeah, you get on those boards and it's like super easy. So you're when you're talking about the involvement style of longboarding, how would you describe that to people that wouldn't know what that means? Just kind of, I feel, I feel like, like the end of the longboard when 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 that made magic, Sam. When they mm-hmm. when that mm-hmm. all yeah. happened, you know, and he was when he was riding that, that was. You know, things just progress so quick into shortboarding. Yeah. In that like five, six year period. Yeah, yeah. Nobody really I mean, they had something super special with that wide point back and all yeah. of those boards those Australians were riding. Um, like the George Rice in particular is, a, is one of the boards I really like. But um, it's just a kind of surfing that that requires you to surf in a in a rhythm where you kind of like set your edge and then you like slash it and then you mm-hmm. set it and slash it and i've heard like matt chanowski and and bob mctavish they like i think they call it like set it and stab it that's and a that's good description like, of it yeah. and that's like the whole thing so set it nose right it and then stab it and just that rhythm i think is kind of the in my opinion the most pretty way of riding a longboard and that's the thing you're more into now that's how i want to serve that's how you want to serve so it's almost like that thing that came out recently with you um what's his name nathan Olfield's movie. yeah yeah like that that i mean there is a dramatic difference obviously between that and sprout like it's, yeah, yeah it's that's, huge that's that's how i want to serve and i get i'll be honest like like fanboy in me like i get amped watching that like when that came out and i was watching it i was like oh this looks fucking fun yeah, <laughs> this yeah. looks like so much like this is how i want to log like this so like you talking about it, it's really interesting so it's funny like i i feel like after when the boards went short so quick uh-huh they like well they went from like kind of that involvement style log to kind of like that evolution style thing and they were v bottoming out yeah and they were making boards that were the templates were super rad but they just never figured out the bottoms mm-hmm. and and it progressed so quick they never hung around to master those designs right it was just like okay the boards now they went from like nine to eight to seven and oh we're done like, we're done <laughs> And they were not looking yeah. back. But if you, like what I'm doing is I'm taking some of those templates and then putting like modern bottoms on them. Okay. So like bottoms at work, like single, like nose riding concave, single concave to double concave in the tail, edge. Right. You know, and and uh, it's interesting because those templates, that wide point back works so stinking good. Yeah. And then if you get a modern bottom and a modern rail on it, yeah. really what they wanted the board to feel like mm-hmm. is being actualized now. Yeah. Not, I'm, you know, back then. I'm starting to see more and more of that. I mean, I ride a, a Michelle Janonowski, which has like a wide point in the back mm-hmm. kind of thing. I mean, it's like kind of like a sharp pig almost. Like yeah, kind yeah. Of thing. And I, I fucking love it. And I have a nose rider too. Same size, everything from... Uh, from Anderson, and I do not touch my nose rider anymore. Like, yeah. I'm like, over it. I'm like I, I, I can't even do this anymore. Because also, I feel like nose riders kind of, like, set you up for, um, you know, like, an it's like expectation, you know? Yeah. It's like you, you're taking out a nose rider, so you better go nose ride, you know? So it's kind of already pushing you in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that uh, totally, 100%. When I, for, I, that was the board I had for the first year and a half of logging, and I was just logging at, like, Malibu and Topanga consistently and now with this board it's like I'm actually surfing like Porto and stuff like that more and I'm like it's starting to be more fun to me than yeah just, yeah than just like being there and like setting a rail and trimming and stuff and I'm like okay totally well. man it's there's a lot there to be uh 
to be kind of unearthed, you know? I think that they left a lot on the table. Well, to your point, I mean, it's they, they were progressing so fast that they didn't have a chance to, like, really sit and stew on that stuff, right? They didn't have, like, two, three years to even, like, okay, let's see what's working from this or not. I think it's interesting that a lot of people are going back to that era and, like you said, kind of redoing those boards the right way almost. Or if, if the right way might not be the, the correct term, but they're doing them, like you said, with modern bottoms and stuff like that. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny, like, I've been riding 10-footers mm -hmm. in, like, 9 eights, mm -hmm. And then just recently, the, the last week, I was down, you know, in, in uh, Oceanside hanging out with all, because I'm helping with this event that I told you about, this mm -hmm. relic contest. Yeah. It's all the best pro, like, high-performance longboarder longboarders in the world are here and all the, all these good loggers and mm -hmm. stuff so I'm watching them and I'm realizing like I may have been going a little bit in the wrong direction on some of my boards just because I'm watching them f fit their boards into the pocket so well because they're like nine o's oh because they're so much smaller and I'm and I'm like turning super hard but I just can't do what I want like I can't huh. fit it the way I want it yeah. to go in the pocket so yeah, so I'm making a couple like nine one to see how it works. style boards with edge and the whole trip. I mean, it's funny. It's it's. It, I've heard some people recently actually say about like sometimes try going like four inches shorter than you think, like it, which was interesting. And I was like, oh, I, like like I ride a nine six, and I'm like, I actually want a ten, like you know. Yeah. And the, but like hearing this from you and from other you people, you think you think about it until you think about just the. The geometry, you know, yeah. the physics of it, like it's not gonna fit. In yeah, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like if you want to that, let's take a little high school here and like the common it, sense. You know? And it's so obvious, like in little windy stuff that we're forced to surf all the time. If you want to cut back and ride those wind pockets and like yeah. actually surf it, smaller might be better. Yeah, we'll see. I'm excited. I got some boards being built right now. So how did you first get into shaping? Like how I don't did, shape. So you don't shape? Nothing. Zero. So you have someone do it for you? I'm a designer. Okay, so how did you first get into like designing? Like, Just, you know, when I started working with Pearson, uh -huh. Bob Pearson, you know, okay. back when I was a kid, he he was um, he was super engaged in he really wanted me to be engaged in the building process. He mm -hmm. was he wasn't the type of shaper that was like Oh yeah, yeah. Let me build your board. Okay. He would be like, "Here, let's build you ten boards, and then I want you to bring them all back in and tell me what you do and don't like about oh, wow. them, and then I'll explain to you why you don't like that and why you do like that, oh, and then we'll just tune and tune and tune." And so you were learning all these intricacies through a shaper, basically. Like, like yeah. I mean, he was. Um, I mean, it was hours and hours and hours of. I mean, years of of experience and and he by nature is um, super into numbers and I think he I think he's got like a psychology degree or something as well. Oh so he's, that's he's, pretty awesome. He's like yeah we, 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 we definitely hammered out numbers and glass and like made the glass jobs just so and the weights and you know I was rotating through ten boards every three months for Wow. Oh, so you were really learning like like a lot from him. It's pretty it's pretty yeah. awesome and testing stuff out. Yeah, I mean, I know I I I feel like I was getting I've gone through more boards probably than, than nearly anybody. You know? <laughs> but you're learning from it, which yeah. is like kind of awesome. Yeah. 
Um, so, and when did you start the CJ Nelson's design stuff? So it, you know, it, um, I started working with um, a friend of mine in Japan um, in like maybe 2005 or something. Mm -hmm. And he was, and he just one afternoon was like, hey, you know, if you ever wanted to make some surfboards and, you know, your own thing, I, I could do super good with them in Japan. And I was like, great, yeah, let me see what I can do. Yeah. And so I kind of came up with my own little label. And, you know, back then I was, that was kind of when I was getting really like kind of full of myself and full of booze and cigarettes and just, you know, being kind of kooky. And uh, I ended up starting this kind of brand and running, a couple of my friends helped me run it. And um, it just, I, you know, I, I did it for about six years, and that's when I started. I was physically manufacturing my own stuff, okay. you know? And then, um, yeah, that ended up just like drinking, and, and that just ended up really actually pulling me away from surfing. Mm -hmm. And I just you know, went down a really bad path for the, a, a while there. But then, um, you know, fast forward six years, and when I did get sober, a friend of mine from Australia, Ian Chisholm, right. was like, "Yo, Siege, I see you're not, you're not uh, doing that label anymore. Do you want to, you know, come out to Australia and, and work on some boards?" And I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude! That's awesome. Let's go!" And so I was doing that, um, and that was South Coast surfboards mm -hmm. that I was um, riding, kind of riding for, but doing kind of my own range of boards through them. And then we landed kind of a. U.S. distribution deal, uh -huh. but there was a pre-existing South Coast surfboards here. Okay. From San Diego. Okay. And so we had to just do, use another name. For here. For the United States, but yeah. it kind of ended up taking on a life of its own. Mm -hmm. um, just my distributor and my partner here is pretty business-minded and okay. was like, let's, you know, let's work with some other shapers. You're not a shaper, you know you can work with whoever, you know? Right. And bring, like, if you want to work with this guy or that guy or your friend here or your friend there, you know, there's no reason not to. Which makes it more interesting. It just makes it, I mean, everybody's great at shaping a lot of different boards, but there's guys that are just really special at certain mm -hmm. things. And and uh, being able to work with those people that are special at those certain things is, is awesome. Yeah, because Eden said he was doing something with you. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're he... He's built me a couple amazing boards, just as a friend, you know? He's like, let me build you a board, and uh, he built me a Nausea, and I ended up loving it. That's a board I want. <laughs> that's a great surfboard. That's, that's so bad. Yeah, so, and then, you know, when I was gonna go down to the duct tape recently, I think he had built me like two or three boards. And then uh, when I went to the duct tape, we kind of arranged some numbers together and then uh, that was the board I ended up winning on. Yeah, that's what he was telling me, um, at the, which was the duct tape slash Mexi Log Fest. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the board we're, we're going to be releasing. So is that going to come out from Dead Kooks or through through your... So we're going to do... Um, like, I don't... I'm going to... Like, my heart's really kind of in this technology that I'm, that I'm working on, uh -huh. these flex patterns and stuff. So we're going to do it out of that. Okay. And then he's going to release a poly version. Oh, that's pretty cool. That I don't really have to, you know, look look after too Oh, much. that's awesome. So there's kind of like two versions of it in a way. Yeah, exactly. And oh, uh, we did our, we did like kind of a joint logo. Oh, that's cool. So it's like, it's like basically like a surf collab. It's a total surf collab between friends. And 
Um, I think that, you know, a lot of people aren't really ready to try out like carbon fiber stringers and yeah. stuff, but I, I'm, I'm super psyched on it. So there's something for, for everybody. You know? Because you, you do, like, with a lot of the boards you have, you kind of get into a lot of these like, like really interesting modern materials. I do, man. I do. A, fr- a good friend of mine, a good friend of mine, um, this guy Yusomi Tomu uh-huh. um, from Japan is, I've been friends with him since he was like 14. He's a few years older than me. I was like 12, I think, when we met. And um, his dad was one of the first kind of manu- surfboard manufacturers in Japan. Uh-huh. And really was got heavy into the sailboard industry in the 80s. Oh, interesting. And started working a lot with carbons and epoxy. Yeah, because those have to be light as fuck. And yeah, like, and like Japan was super... When sailboarding was big, it was big in Japan. Yeah. So he um, figured out a lot of stuff. You know, they went first really rigid to try to cut through chop and then realized they needed flex. And then... Anyway, long story short, these guys mastered flex patterns for sailboards. Mm-hmm. And then when Yusan... Um, kind of got involved in the bit his father's business he started you know going like dad let's make some surfboards mm-hmm. you know and and um, everything had to be tweaked um, but um, when I uh, when I got sober and stuff and started working with Ian Yusan hit me up and was like CJ man I really want to make you a just let me just try to build you a board you know huh. out of this stuff and he like flew f- from Japan to my house and like he had a board he had made for like Matt Miola um, on Maui, you know, the air dude. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, he, so he had this board and he's like jumping up and down on the bottom of it. And <laughs> things like going flat as a pancake and then just push, popping back into their perfect rocker. And I was like, fuck, that, that seems right, you know? That's a, yeah. And so he made me a board and it ended up being like the best board I ever had. So that was the start of you being like... I was just like, it's so much better... I can't deny it. Yeah. I never once in my life thought like, oh, this is a path I want to go down or I'm looking for some something else. I was just comfortable with Volan cloth. Uh-huh. And yeah. then I got that and I was like, Volan cloth sucks. Yeah. You know, in comparison. Yeah, I mean, you're dealing with also like a, a totally different dynamic as well. Like you're introducing not just like an outline and a rocker, you're like, here's this next dynamic to it. Yeah. And it's... Like, it's been super, like, for a, a tech-minded um, culture like Japan, mm-hmm. they just love, they're like... Yeah, they eat it up. They love it because it's better. Yeah. They have no preconceived, like, brainwashing like we do here, like, it has to be this way. Right. They're like, no, it doesn't. Like, if it works better, it floats better, it's blah, 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 everything's better, then it's better. Then why not? Yeah. Here, we're so scared. It's funny we're so scared of change over here. No, I mean, there's, especially when you talk about, like, logging and, like, you know, mid-lengths and stuff like that, people tend to be more attracted to, like, I want it as traditional as possible, right? And it's funny because if you look at the cycle of longboarding, when I learned to to longboard and Dale Dobson and Reese Patterson and Herbie Fletcher and Israel Pasquitz, these type of dudes were, like, dominating the contest. Yeah. 90% of them were riding, like, 9.6-ish single fins, very kind of... You know, they had taken like kind of old templates and and modernized the rails and made them light, but they were riding these super beautiful boards. Yeah. And I remember being a kid going to the contest and watching and being like, 
man, every time I go there, somebody's breaking out some crazy new thing that like is amazing. Like yeah. Steve Walden was, you know, had these like aluminum bottom boards that he was screwing around with. It was just, it was a really special time. And then, you know, it evolved and then boards just became like big short boards, you know? Yeah. Because that's ultimately what turns best, you know? Yeah. So those guys, they didn't want to look back. They wanted to move forward. Yeah. And so our whole sport kind of moved forward. And then Joel and a few of us started, you know, like I had Michelle Juno actually was the guy who built me my first like re log recreation. But a lot of us started getting logs and then the seedling happened and you know, there was a, a pretty big divide, you know. I mean, Joel still was winning world titles on, on you know, high-performance longboards. Okay. You know, he, he didn't, like, win world titles on Model Ts. Right, know? right. I think he won one world title on a Timmy Patterson, actually. Okay. But anyway, um, that was kind of, you know, then it got super separated, but... Right now, we're kind of watching the logging thing is almost like going full circle where I think a lot of kids are like, they're psyched on logs, but they're not really riding like logs. They're riding like lighter weight, involvement style boards with flatter bottoms. Uh -huh. I mean, the thing's kind of almost going back to what those dudes were riding yeah, yeah. when I first started paying attention to longboarding as a kid. Yeah. You know, like... Tommy Witt and Corey Colapinto and, you know, um, David Arganda and, like, Mike Stedham and those guys, they're, like, riding boards very similar to what Dale Dobson. Super flat. Yeah. Yeah. Because once you can hang 10 from the top of a point to the bottom of the point, and everybody can do it, Yeah. then you start... Divide, then then it's like, how are you going to judge good logging? That's true. Well, it, then it goes back to turns. Yeah. Okay, well, who's turning the log the hardest? Okay, how do you make a log that turns better? All of a sudden, you're like mm -hmm. shaving down weight. Like, mm -hmm. I know Nost, I mean, they're right, he's like, you know, 12.5 is the re weight requirement for a duct tape. That's a fucking light-ass longboard. That's, yeah, that's not... So, I think, you know, like... People are paying more attention to turning, and you know, it's only a matter of time until everything shrinks back down and rails become hard again. And just because out of function's sake, and if you want to keep pushing the sport, yeah, and the it's going to continue to roll over and can roll. It's over. like very cyclical. I mean, like most things, right? Like, exactly. Like it's like, oh, this thing, and we're going to bring it back, and then we're going to actually. I mean, to your point, which which is interesting that I didn't know that this is what you're doing with your board set. The fact that you're taking these like these outlines, but you're introducing new materials is one thing. But then also you're introducing these like new bottoms and stuff like modern. Bottoms. Well, I'm just. I mean, I'm riding bottoms that like Herbie Fletcher's been riding, you know, since the '80s and stuff like that. I mean, nothing new. But just, it's new to put it on that template. That's what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost like you're becoming, like, technically, you're basically a DJ of surfboard design. Kind of. Yeah, you're kind of taking from all these different sources and merging it together to one unique and new final product. Yeah. I mean, recently I had, you know, I, I, look, at, I look at it like, I don't have, I'm not trying to, you know, create, create, like, a lot of fans and, like, if people don't dig what I'm doing, like, 
that's chill. Like I'm on a path, right. you know? And so, um, you know, I, I believe that maybe, like I got a board from Wayne Rich recently. Okay. When I got back from the duct tape. And it was a board that we, me and Wayne had talked about and it was like, I just want to have like the most functional single fin longboard you can possibly make, straight up. And what he gave me was like a down railed 10 foot single fin with edge, you know, two feet up from the tail, like shit, like a board. And I was like, wow. And I wrote it and that board does everything you would want one of these involvement boards to do. It just does it 20 times better. Whoa. Because those guys were on the right path in the, in the, like Reese Patterson and those guys, you know, that kind of surfboard that Corey Colapinto's riding, for instance. I mean, you can just see the way he's he's surfing it. You know? Yeah. And like arcing turns, not pushing turns, like carving turns. No, no, no. They they're beautiful to watch. I mean, I've yeah. seen lots of videos. So I think there's a. I'm looking for a really nice balance where you can still do these extended, lifty, loggy nose rides, but mm-hmm. but be able to carry speed through a cutback. Yeah, whip it back really fast and then go back to it. Yeah. Kind of. Or draw it out really long and carry speed all the way out yeah. into the flats, and then be able to rebound off the suit, you know. Which and how is much, hard to do on a on a log with fifty fifty rails? Also, with like you know a pivot fin, I think it's like yeah. Like, I, mean, I never ride a pivot fin. Yeah, I mean, I just start to kind of like I think I'm going to go back to like a greeno. I tend to I don't know. Yeah. Kind of like you have really nice turns, like really arcing yeah. big. Yeah. I mean, when you have a soft soft edge all the way through your board I mean you're surfing off of the rocker and the fin a lot right so you need to have a fin that has some rake you know because that's what's going to help you carry speed on a board that doesn't carry speed yeah the only way you're carrying speed is the weight and the fin yeah you know basically just the gravity of it yeah but the way to make a board carry speed is by putting edge on it yeah. Let's look at every board in the world. Short board, egg, fish. That's what they do. Glider. Yeah. I mean, edge is edge. Yeah. A, it's it's a no-brainer. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I, I don't think any of my logs have that. So it'd be interesting to kind of experiment with that. I think that's the beauty, though, of, like, you know, logging, if you will. If you just take that as it as it is. Like, you could have, like, ten different logs in, like, yeah. quiver and just be like, hey, one day I want to go out and do more turns. Fine. Take that one that has more. Yeah. You know, like, I think that's a beautiful thing. Or, like, you know... I don't think people should get too consumed with with one thing or the other, right? Absolutely, man. And I think, like, dude, enough with all the serious shit, you know? Yeah. Like, go surfing, have fun. Yeah. It's not a fashion show. No. Just go do your thing. (laughs) Well, that's like Instagram has created that, right? Yeah. In a way. (laughs) I mean, and I get it. I get it. But, but, you know, everybody should ride what they want and and, um, have fun with it and just, you know, experiment. Well, it's, it's also different waves, different breaks, right? Like, and how it breaks. Like, even if you're surfing the same thing, like, like for years, I've been like a Topanga addict, right? And I've surfed probably six different boards there. Yeah. Depending on how it is, depending the mood I'm in, like, okay, I feel like, like just paddling more. I feel like paddling less. I want to turn more. I want to turn less. Oh, it's four feet. It's blah, blah, blah. I think a lot of people get caught in this notion where it's like, okay, like, I'm going to surf this board everywhere. It's like, you can't fucking do that. No, like, dude, I nice. ride, I, I, I usually ride like two different boards a day or yeah, even more, you know? And I, and it's funny, something I want to add about that is, is I watch all the kids surfing, all these like logging kids. And there's no structure. 
like if you if you look at somebody like Joel or look at somebody like Devin or myself or like a bonga or somebody who's grown up on a lot of different boards you you can see like they take off they do a proper bottom turn mm -hmm. they know how to turn like a lot of the kids these days they just, there's just no structure there's no fundamentals in their surfing it's like take off run to the nose do a spin around and then like soul archy weird cutback that looks sketchy and you know you're right it's yeah. just very out of control and and uh there's just no like tom curran in there you know it, what I it mean? takes i mean it takes a beauty out of the initial like takeoff yeah and i i, I I just I think that there's something to be said about those fundamentals and the importance of those. Mm -hmm. Like a Skip Fry or a guy like a guy of that caliber, when you watch him surf, it's all fundamentals. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it, you know. And you, when you break somebody surfing down, um, who's just like a trickster, you know, kind of guy like I was. It's like there's no substance. Yeah, and it's very. You know, monkey on a leash, kind of like showing off. It's it's almost to me like I feel like I I was like the king of it. It's like not. It's just like showing off. You know. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I think it's it, the thing I can relate to it. I remember I used to work at a skate park in New York with um, Andy Kessler. Yeah. And yeah. so he's old school. Yeah. And yeah. so like kids would come in there and they just like hit this one ledge back and forth, blah blah blah. And like they could do every fucking tech trick you could imagine, blah blah, sketchy landing, blah yeah, blah. Yeah. But he, he was always like, he, some random dudes would come and just like carve around the park, and he'd be like, "See that? That's fucking skating. The shit on the ledge is bullshit." Yeah. And I that always stuck with me because I was always like, "Ah, oh, I get what you're saying." And I try to incorporate that to what you're saying, like in my surfing too. It's like I want it. I don't want to be like. I'd much rather be smooth and turning, and even like. If I'm just smooth and trimming, clean. Like, yeah, that's little, it. That for me, when I see somebody doing that, I'm like, that. That's it, man. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Like I'd rather it's be man the, shit. Yeah. It's not kid shit. It's man shit. Yeah. Well, there you go. See, and it looks more. It looks a lot more beautiful. And then when you do incorporate some of the other stuff, um, it's there. It's fun. Yeah. It's funny that you bring that up because it's like I I used to surf Santa a lot, like four doors in the point, mm -hmm. and you have tons of these kids who are just like the second they take off, they're running for that nose and they're turning around, but it looks sloppy as fuck and the board's shaking everywhere. It just it doesn't actually look attractive. Like it, yeah, I mean some of it. You I mean you can't deny that it's impressive, but it's like you know. I I would love to see a kid, you know, structure a bottom turn and yeah. like a nice off the top and a nice cut back and incorporate some fundamentals, you know, that are being definitely being lost in this sort of like logging culture that's going on right now with the youngsters, you know, and it's because, and I've, I I actually I think it's because. Um, they're just not growing up on boards that are designed to turn. Like Joel and I, you know, I, I, I remember sitting on the beach watching Joel, uh, talking to Joel during a, a, a Malibu contest, you know, and the waves were good. And Joel mentioned something along the lines of, you know, the two plus ones that him and I rode back in the day, you know, they really helped us turn and, and helped us learn to turn properly. Right. But like we, our muscle memory developed the arcs and stuff. And, you know, I remember him saying like, dude, that kid, and he pointed to a kid on a wave, needs to ride a two plus one for a year. It's you like know, really learn that, yeah. Just because 
it's it's crucial. You yeah. Know? You don't want to be a one trick pony. You don't want to be like, and I'm the I was the king of it. You know, so I know what I don't. I would, I, I'm like I'm embarrassed when I when I look back at some of my surfing. I know it was technical, and a lot of people give me a lot of props for it and stuff. But I look back on it, and I'm like, dude, I was overdoing it so bad. <laughs> I was like forcing it everywhere, yeah. and just the style wasn't there. And 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 uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's I think sometimes on a big board, less is more, and structure's super key. Well, that makes sense. Now, you have, like, a pretty decent-sized team. Um, and you have, obviously, a wealth of knowledge and experience. How important for you is it to kind of spread that knowledge to your team? Is that something you actively do? I, I, I try to. They don't – most of them don't listen to me, <laughs> you know? I've got, you know, a few team riders. I won't mention any names that only surf one wave. Uh-huh. Their home break. And their master's there, but you take them somewhere else and they struggle. Yeah. And, um, you know, but my team is people that I love dearly and care about a lot. And yeah, how did you, how do you pick, how do, how do, how do they, like, become part of the team? Like, how, how does, how do you, like, obviously it's not like a checklist, but, like, you're saying they're people you care These about. are people that, that... A lot of, I mean, it kind of started out like, you know, like one day, um, you know, Sea Monster, Josh, Josh Seaman, mm-hmm. he just rolled up to me at Terramar and was like, are you CJ Nelson? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, buddy. And he's like, oh man, I'm a super big fan, you know? And I was like, well, thanks, you know, a lot. That means a lot, man. Um, here's my number. Like, let's just surf, you know, mm-hmm. together. And then he ended up being just a kid that, that um, was struggling getting boards and stuff, and I just wanted to help him, you know? And, and you know, kind of same goes for a few of the other ones. And then, you know, like Vince Felix and um, Colin Whitbread. And these are just people that I love and trust, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, and Corey, you know, Corey, um, just a great kid, you know? Yeah. And I just... You know, like, I know Corey is, you know, off doing his own thing, and he's not, definitely not a conformist, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I respect that, you know. Right. When I first got, when Corey first came on the team, he was riding logs, you know, and he's like, CJ, I'm just like, I'm just not really into it, you know, I want to ride performance stuff, and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, go, buddy. Do it, And yeah. he wants to wear a leash, and fucking wear a leash, dude, I don't care. Like, yes. I, I support whatever you know and i'm not i'm not trying to like draw these like rules and lines Mm -hmm. and whatever i just it's about you know if you're going to judge somebody on something judge them on their personality you know don't judge them on their surfing yeah and the people that i have they're great surfers but they're just lovely lovely people which makes it even better right yeah because i love taking care of them and you know i try my hardest to include them in stuff that i do and Mm -hmm. you know i'm super busy but but yeah they're all fantastic I mean they're all out there it's funny it's like you see them out there all the time so it's like kind of cool because it is like it's kind of like like I've always tried to see your boards in person and the only time I could see them it's like when it's like one of your team riders (laughs) like like, I'm like I'm like I want to get one of these (laughs) where can I get one and they're like call CJ up it's really funny yeah um speaking of team riders and that kind of thing and just industry stuff you won 
the duct tape recently, which is a fun contest that Joel does. Yes. It's a traditional contest. How do you feel about contest surfing like nowadays? Like not just like the age you are and where you are in surfing, but in terms for like other people in the younger group. Like where do you think it's at? Like do you I just think that it's. I don't know. It it, it it's tough because there's just no fucking future for okay. these people, you know, and that's. You know the 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 duct tape. The duct tape thing is is fantastic. It's it's such a rad platform for for you know the people who get invited to mm-hmm. it. You know, and I'm blessed. I've been I've been I think that was my number four. Wow. So, um, but you can't qualify for it. You know, there's yeah. no there's no way you can like be a kid sitting on the beach going, okay, I want to be like pro. Pro, pro long border and I don't have money to travel all over the world like how do I go do it mm-hmm. you know there's just no steps mm-hmm. and there's just no path and even if you do make it you're still gonna have to you know be a major hustler mm-hmm. and you know product endorse and you know I mean there's no company just writing checks you know no especially for the, for that you know it's, it's, it's harder that's why I'm, I'm curious like is is there some other avenue that creates their future? Is Unfortunately, right now, I just feel like there isn't. It's like, it's sad to me because they're all just, it's like they're like lost, you know? It's, it's it, and it is sad is the right word to use. I mean, I look at like, you know, with the, with skateboarding again, like I know people who are pro who like don't even really skate and they're still getting checks from Nike. And I don't understand for me like why, like longboarders like aren't getting the same treatment. like. I feel like the surf industry in general is run by these ex-professional shortboarders that are like elitist dudes that just take care of their their type of person. Mm-hmm. They're all like getting jobs, you know, they, they, they fall off tour, then they're a rep, then they're team manager, then they're market, then marketing for these companies and they're just looking for other short borders and that have shared interests right you know i mean if you look at the the sheer numbers in the water of of longboard surfers and i mean it doesn't it just doesn't make sense you know but um it's it's really hard because there's there's i don't see much change coming you know it's hard it's hard for me to understand that too and I, i i think you use the right example for it like you know like if you look at the lineups out there and people out there but the funniest thing is Ideally, I would think for a marketing background, you want to get consumers early on and get them to buy into your brand long term, right? Like not just really fast. And what's the first surfboard most kids are picking up is they are picking up a longboard. Like so if you could get them into that, get them hooked on your product, whatever it is, like spot, like, you know, I'm not saying Gillette's the right company, but if it is some major yeah, box, yeah. like a Target, right? A Target's like, fuck it, we're going to sponsor these. And then these kids see like their favorite longboarder endorsed by Target and in Target ads, they're gonna go shop at Target and they're not gonna shop at Target when they're 13, 14 years old. They're gonna do it when they're 18, 19 years yeah. old, you know? And that's what I don't get. Like, I'm I just feel like, but the, but the longboard community is, I, I feel like it's is like, a, they're like beaten puppies, you know? They're just, they'll, they're just like kind of following whatever little trail is of crumbs is there. Nobody's taking chances. Nobody's looking at this as a business or as like, I mean, nobody would ever, you know, I mean, 
go for something like a Target sponsor. Mm -hmm. It would probably be the greatest damn thing that ever happened to longboarding. But everybody's so worried about not being cool and selling out. And the sport will just never progress because nobody's taking chances. Nobody's putting themselves out there. Nobody's doing anything different. Yeah. Everybody's just like, oh, just let's burn another dube and just kick back. And we'll just like deliver pizzas. Yeah. But we'll be cool. But we're gonna be fucking broke. Forever. Broke as fuck living at a van, right? And and that's gotta change. I mean, it will probably change over time, but it's just sad that that's the reality because these are very gifted people. Yeah, yeah, and and look, they're great personalities, and like it's a it's a beautiful if you want to call it a sport lifestyle, whatever you want to call it. It translates well to like video to like photography. The reason why I'm asking this and kind of bringing this up is like, you know, like my wife works for one of the big CPG companies and Mm -hmm. it's something like I press her about all the time. I'm like, why don't you fucking sponsor one of these girls? Why don't you sponsor one of these fucking contests? And for them, like for her, she's saying like a lot of times it's like even hard to get in, get her foot in the door. And I'm like, oh my God, you're like throwing money at these people. Like, you know, and you're not like, you're not a company that like club seals. Like you're not like killing seals and shit. Like you're actually like a good company. Like what, you know, it's kind of. And I get it. I mean, I get it in the sense of like, okay, everybody wants to keep it core and we want to keep it like that. I get it. But at a certain point, you want to put food on the table and have enough money out there that it's sustaining your sport and lifestyle. You well, know? ultimately, I mean, you, there's no other choice. Yeah. You know, it's either that or we all have this really cool hobby that's kind of ruining our lives. <laughs> that we're spending shitloads of money yeah. on. Yeah, it's like, like guess what? Longboards are usually twice as much as shortboards. So, like, yeah, it's costing a lot of money. Yeah, and so, you know, I mean, I think that if, if people step up and, you know, more contests come about and people just kind of, you know, if, if, if people got motivated to push and, and show that there's another way and, and put themselves out there and, you know, I think things will will get better. You know, but I, I, it's just it's it's hard it's hard to envision because it's so fucked. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like my my general opinion is like I think what's the future of the sport slash lifestyle is festivals that incorporate contests. Yeah, like where it's something where you could expose the public to it and be like, even if they're like a casual surf fan, they go to the festival that's a weekend long and they see all this shit going on. Right? They see like totally. music, they see art, they see the whole thing, and they're like, whoa, this is fucking cool. And like a parent could be happy with their be cool with their kid getting into it. You know, yeah. there's nothing like seeing. Like I'm a new parent. Like seeing your kid smile is like the most powerful motivator in the world. When you so if like you create something for like these kids to smile in front of their parents, the parents are gonna be like, "Here's my fucking credit card, yeah, industry. Take all my money because I'm seeing that smile on my kid's face, and they're doing something that's healthy. Hundred percent. You know, like kind of thing. And it's like it's like I, I mean. Obviously, like, all surfers with, like, kids are like, I don't want my kid to play Little League. I want them to surf, right? Like, it's it's the dream, right? <laughs> who knows if it fucking happens. But uh, I would like to see a world where that was not just people who surf, but people who don't surf, like, kind of stumble into it. And they're like, whoa, I want my daughter to do this. Like, this is really cool. And you know what? I'll send her to surf camp and I'll yeah. send her to longboarding camp and like she's gonna like she's gonna have good friends and she's gonna have a good vibe. I sometimes get this thing where it's like the beaten puppy analogy I think is a good one because you do get a lot of these people that I'm 
getting in contact with a meeting that I'm like, yeah, you guys just, you got to let go of the chip. Like you just got to like at a certain point, like you could still have your traditional and you could still have your history. And, but the money will give you the ability to spread that history and ensure it, to keep it, you know, um, they're not going to wipe it out. Yeah. I mean, well, what are you going to do? Just sit and pray that, you know, it gets better and just continue. I mean, Dude, we're getting older and, 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 you know, nothing's changing. Yeah. And it's because everybody's like, you know, there's rules. You can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do this. Yeah. Well, dude, fuck that. Yeah. There is no rules. This is surfing. Yeah. Do you think if you would have told a 17-year-old David Nueva there was fucking rules, he would have been over it. Yeah. Or any of those rebellious guys back in the day. Yeah. Like, this is surfing. Enough with the fucking rules. Like, do what you want. Do what you want. Yeah. Surf. Have fun. Try to make money. Yeah. You know? So you can continue to surf. Yeah. And be healthy and take care of your kids and your family. I mean, there's nothing wrong with any of that. No, I, I think sometimes there's just like a stigma where it's like... I mean, look, nobody wants to be greedy. And no one's saying that you're going to get, like, $2 million a year. But it's nice to get, like, $100,000 a year. You know what I mean? Dude, for half of these kids, they can't even afford to get gas to drive down to Santa to go logging with their See, pals. that's that's miserable to me. That's, that's And they're miserable. the best young longboarders in the world. No, and I, I, and I think that's miserable. I think there's something that hopefully as a community we could figure something out. Like, I think hopefully we could, like... Yeah. I, I don't know. There's got to be something. I mean, I think that, you know the contesting like we're we're doing this contest this weekend with a single fin division and a, a pro um, open division you know and there's 25 grand per per division that's not small so there's we're gonna introduce a women's logger into the second event and we're just doing it because there's nothing going on that's fun and cool um, other than you know the duct tape and like a couple fests you know like yeah. I think Israel is super rad with the Mexi Log Fest yeah I'm, I'm going next year I'm like <laughs> I've been watching Let's it from far dude it looks fun as shit like and my so wife fun. my wife who's like a casual surfer she's just kind of like yeah let's go let's spend the week there this looks so much fun like yeah. kind of thing but it's been funny because even the pro Long the like the ASP WSL pro longboarders that are here in town, mm -hmm. like a couple little things have gone wrong with our contest. Like maybe there was a lack of communication, or there was something wasn't just right, mm -hmm. and they're like, "Oh my god!" Like you know, oh my, they're they're so they're so jaded by being told like we're gonna do this for you, and then it doesn't happen that uh. they're just ready to freak out at any second oh jesus and i almost i i feel so bad for him they're almost know? like battered yeah dude they're totally battered yeah i mean if you're a longboarder a professional longboarder for the last 15 years you've seen you've been treated like shit yeah like fucking shit yeah with the exception of very few i was gonna say yeah i mean you know i mean so everybody's like in love with longboarding because they're still doing it you know and yeah i mean they're doing it for the love of it yeah like they love doing it that's yeah. the thing that that's the thing i always found refreshing about it was kind of like it's i was talking to someone today about um this this spike jones quote from like this episode epically later where he said you know we skated even when people hated it 
like I think a lot of that's in longboarding where it's like this technically isn't the most popular route of surfing to go but we're doing it because we love it you know yeah and that shows the the passion shows in it and I think that's the thing it's like, I think we have to as a community like kind of figure out how to channel that passion the right way you know like I think collectively we could figure out ways and avenues and festivals and whether it be technology based stuff and like all that kind of stuff I, I 100% agree man yeah I think we could do something good yeah for sure um let me see I'll probably wrap this up soon uh I'm just looking at my notes oh so who are the some of the people like today that you enjoy watch surfing and why um like that, mo- that people wouldn't like. Let's say that people wouldn't really know about. Hmm. Who do I really like watching surf? Um. I really like watching Mike Stidham uh-huh. a lot. I like watching that David Araganda. I like watching Corey, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few kids from Sano. Um, you know, Barrett and Nick and Andy. I really like watching them surf. Riley Stone up in Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. He's like unbelievably smooth, like almost to a fault. Um, yeah, man. Brian Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody that was uh, super amazing that I was recently watching footage of that some of these youngsters probably don't know about is Cody Simpkins. Uh huh. He was, he's like the original, what all these kids are trying to be, uh-huh. Cody was like the first one. He was the guy that did. He was the guy. He's the guy that like Robbie and Nost looked at to become Robbie and Nost. Was he down south? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. He, I don't even think he searched anymore, but he Oh, he that's a shame. Well, see, that's the beauty of, like, like the internet and, like, social media and all this stuff now. Like, you could unearth, like, all these, like, random videos that are, like, insane. Like, yeah, and you yeah. look at them and you're like, holy shit, these, like, who were these people? Yeah. I think that's kind of special. Yeah. I just like seeing people who are surfing completely, not too one-sided nose riding, not too one-sided turning. Just the whole package. The whole package. Yeah. Balanced. That's really what, what, what gets my wheels going. Yeah, I mean, I think that's important. Um final question I'll ask you um, what's your favorite pl- break to surf and why mm. uh, probably you know I, I, I get some good work done down in my, my way down in Mexico you know it's I've, he- I've heard I've heard from Mikey about this wave <laughs> it sounds pretty awesome yeah but I like I, I like that place because I can like I don't really like surfing it in the morning or the afternoon, but like during the middle of the day down there, mm-hmm. when I go down by myself, there's usually nobody out, and I'll just go out by myself with nobody on the beach, mm-hmm. nobody in the water, and I just like hammer it out for hours and hours and hours by myself. And those are super special mm-hmm. sessions to me, um, super special because I. I just get into a place mentally where I'm, I'm doing, I'm surfing exactly how I want, uninhibited, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's a liberating feeling on a wave that's that good, you know, for logging. For sure, yeah. So I get to, I get to, uh, I get a lot of joy out of that, and then there's some spots around Central California mm-hmm. that I like to frequent that just 
being amongst the kind of trees and the nature up there mm -hmm. is, is kind of where I'm from, and so I always feel great surfing around there. Like feels grounding, kind of. Just any time where I'm like, <laughs> it's just me and nature. Uh -huh. I, I guess is kind of the, th the theme. No, I get it. Yeah. You know, there there's spots like that that I like to surf, like in Hawaii, that like like kind of a lot of people don't surf that like it'll be maybe like one or two and sometimes just me by myself and I totally yeah. get it where it's just like you're in your and big sharks <laughs> where I go surfing the sharks and and nobody's around nobody's watching and you just those those that type of surfing mm -hmm. surfing for yourself in that in those type of environments I think is super special and super important for everybody thanks once again to CJ for sitting down with us and doing that interview uh, it's really been great uh, to have people like CJ and Joel and a lot of the other people we've had on the podcast to kind of trust me to let them tell their story. So it was cool to have him sit down. It was a, a week or so before the Relic contest, which my wife and I and kid actually went down to, uh, I think on finals day, just in the morning to check it out. And I know because there was... Uh, there was performance longboarding, high performance longboarding in it. That's not a lot of people's cup of tea, but you know, they had logging in it. And I gotta be honest, you know, the 43 year old dad and me enjoyed the setup. Like it's nice to be in nice chairs and a nice environment and all that in Malibu. Um, so I think I have to commend CJ and the whole relic crew for the contest they put on. I'm hoping that in the logging community, we could have a lot more events like that. They don't all have to be like that. You know, there's a contrast between that and the hot dogger. Um, I think there's space for everything. And I think, you know, each one has its own voice and it and fills its own void. That is important for us to, to fill out there as part of the community. I know there's been arguments on both sides of the fence and just the logging community, you know, performance, longboarding and logging and like all these different things. And uh, I think we just got to kind of get together and just accept the fact that we're all surfers and we just like different facets of it. I mean, look at it, logging versus shortboarding versus retro versus finless, whatever it is. At the end of the day, we're all in the water and we're all trying to surf and we're all trying to have a good time. So I think, you know, as corny as that sounds, like let's try to get along and out there in the lineups and not even in the lineups, outside of the lineups and start doing some good together. Let's really start coming together as a community and helping each other out. And I think that's one of the things that CJ talked about and that his event and a lot of things he's trying to do is trying to point towards. So with that, I think I'm going to play a track that I think is the most appropriate for this situation, which is uh, Stop the Violence by Boogie Down Productions. So sit back, relax, listen to a couple of tracks, and I'll come back with some short takes. Peace. As I pick up the pen, as my 
thoughts submerge. These are those words. I glance at the paper to know what's going on. Someone's doing wrong. The story goes on. Mary Lou just had a baby. Someone else decapitated. The drama of the world shouldn't keep us so frustrated. I look, but it doesn't coincide with my books. Social studies will not speak upon political crooks. It's just the presidents and all the money they spent, all the things they invent, and how the house is so immaculate. They create missiles or families eat bristle. Then they get upset when the press blows the whistle. Phone calls are made, profiles are kept low. You tamper with some jobs, not a press's control. Not only newspapers, but every single station. You only get to hear the president is on vacation. But uh, stay calm, there's no need for alarm. You say goodbye to your mom and you're off to Vietnam. You shoot the kill, come back and you're a veteran. But how many veterans are out there peddling? Cause they continue selling As quiet as it's kept I won't go into depth You could talk about Nigeria People used to laugh at you Now I take a look I see USA for Africa Hard to be through Cause my subweebles are more of a high 
plane than the Hebrews. My mic devotion, freeze out my deepest emotions. Overdosing, wanna be posted, sending them through convulsions. Too hard to follow. You took a bite but couldn't swallow. Your mind's boggled, but I'm as deep as Donald Goins' novels. My whole persona's kinda lay back like a Bacana. And since I'm honor, I've been fucking with marijuana. Way we here, my skin got a money getting clear. Strictly men, it's weird. Macking off again, it's fear. So weird, all begins is here. Destiny and me finally be so hot, yet I'll be weak. I'm rather you need. I'm on some flip shit, ready to let my clips spit dramatical. Vocals release shells like automatics. Do music's magical, causing any battles to be tragical, child. Got a style, sick as hell, sick of the sickle cell anemia. Slaughtering your circulatory like leukemia. Feel velocity, who want parts of me? I'm vicious, mad malicious, cause it's real on this fold of bitches. I got this bastard, other rappers are crafted. Weak and wicked, camouflage and this killer's how they speak and kick it. Peak this uniqueness, non believers, I'm leaving speechless. Left the chokers, this skunk smoke was coming through the speaker. Surgically nice with any verbal device Trice, breathing life into mics My sights beyond the twilight So die, fight, no surrender, no retreat Technique speak, I'm rather Just us. 
devil got brother killing brother. It's insane. Going out like Abel and Cain. Wising up and use your brain. There'll be no limit to the things that you can gain. In positivity, balance it with negativity. Until then, ain't the devil happy. To bloom, seeds blow in the wind, another drug killing. What are we accomplishing? Nothing. What's the matter? Why every time I look around, another brain gets splattered. Some pockets get fatter, but it don't matter. The devil's the only one who really gets fatter. Lead ruptures flesh, spleens are shattered, dreams are shattered. Another queen without a king. What will our children become without proper guidance? Probably nothing. So ain't the devil happy? Disastrous. Who gets the most loot? Who gets bust? Dollar bill, y'all, is the god we trust. The days blow by like dust. Even men of steel rust. We're out here acting ridiculous when only we can save us. Mentally enslave us for little or nothing. Kill our neighbors. Animalistic, cannibalistic behavior. Look to the sky for your savior. He won't save ya. Didn't save your forefathers Why bothers, brothers? You must discover the power of self Know thyself or find thyself Hating thyself, killing thyself While he collects the wealth That you sit back and murder for Ain't the devil happy Yeah. I got a whole- 
Oh, yes, indeed, it's fun time, fun time. She made a big mistake by leaving me home I had to roam, so I picked up the phone Got Ollie up to see what was going down Told him I'd pick him up so we could drive around Took the Dodge Dart, a 74 My mother left the yard, but I needed one more Shaheed had me covered with a hundred greenbacks So we left Brooklyn and we made big tracks Drove down the belt, got all the conduit Came to a tow, we paid and went through it Had no destination, we was on a quest I leave late in the back so he can get rest Drove down the road for two days and a half The sun had just risen on a dusty path Just then a figure had caught my eye A mirror for Sabrero who was four feet high I pulled over to ask where he was at His index finger, he tipped off his hat El Segundo, he said, my name is Pedro If you need directions, I'll tell you pronto Needed civilization, some sort of reservation He said a mile south, there's a fast food station Thanks to you as I started the motor Ali said, damn, what you drive so far for? Well, describe to me what the wallet looks like. Anyway, a gas station we passed. We got gas and went on to get grub. It was a nice little pub in the middle of nowhere. Anywhere would have been better. I ordered enchiladas and I ate them. Ali had the fruit punch. When we finished, we thought for ways to get back. I had a hunch. Ali said, pay for lunch. So I did it. Pulled out the wallet and I saw this wicked, beautiful lady. She was a waitress there, put the wallet down and stared and stared to put me back into reality, here's Shaheed. Yo, Tip, man, you got what you need? I checked for keys and started to step. Well, what do you know, my wallet I forget. Yo, it was a brown wallet, had props numbers, had my Jimmy hats, I gotta get it, man. Lord, have mercy. The heat got hotter, Ali starts to curse me. I feel bad, but he makes me feel badder. Chit, chit, chatter, car starts to scatter. Breaking on out, we was northeast bound. Jetting on down at the speed of sound. Three days coming and three more going. We get back and there was no slack. 490 Madison, we're here, shy. He said, all right, Chip, see you tomorrow. 
thinking about the past week, the last week. Hands go in my pocket, I can't speak. Hop in the car and torpedo to the shack, the Shaheen. We gotta go back. When he said why, I said we gotta go. Cause I left my wallet in El Segundo. Yeah, I left my wallet in El Segundo. Left my wallet in El Segundo. Left my wallet in El Segundo. I gotta get it, I got got to get it. Left my wallet in El Segundo. Left my wallet in El Segundo. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. This is the Bodega Border Group Podcast, Volume 16, Episode 16. Hope you've been digging the tracks. Some of those are courtesy of CJ Nelson. I'm glad he picked out some really dope and fun stuff for us to listen to. Um, Makes it a little bit more interesting for me to put these things together. Uh, But we're going to do a little housekeeping. Uh, Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our new store, bodegabordercrewstore.com, where we have a limited edition tee. We have some hats. We're going to put some things up there in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Sticker packs, fridge magnets, just random shit that you could order. Uh, I always like to sneak in something special for people that order stuff. So... You usually get a little surprise in there, so make sure to check us out. Make sure to check out the page at bodegabordercrew.podbean.com or the full description on uh, iTunes uh, for track listings, links to things we're talking about, links to things we're talking with. Uh, So with no further ado, here's some short takes for the week. Our first short take for the week is the new Spitfire video that just got uh, dumped on Thrasher recently. Uh, It's their arson department video it's about 10 minutes long it's pretty dope i mean as everybody knows the spitfire team just like the indie truck team is one of the hugest and most stacked teams out there uh, i've been a spitfire uh, roller for years it's my favorite wheel company and uh, i love when they put these videos together this one they put out it has some people that that people don't really know like harry lintel jacob b carosa uh dan Vanderlinden, who uh uh, rides for Antihero, and then some of like the the classics like Dennis Busenitz, Frank Gerwer even has some footage in it. Peter Remendetta, uh, T Funk has some stuff in it. I suggest you take a look at it. I think it's so awesome when they put these videos together because it, for me it shows real skating, just clip, 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 really quick. Uh, them skating some really fun spots. So we have a link to that in our description. So make sure to check that out. Our second short take has to do with this surf film coming out called Beyond. Uh, that's doing some screenings around the world. Uh, the movie's about surfing in Northern Africa, Morocco, uh, told by a bunch of different people who are experiencing it firsthand. Uh, there's a woman who speaks about it. There's little kids. There's adults. There's people who visit. I think it's really interesting. Uh, I've been really fascinated with surfing in Morocco, and one of our good friends uh, went there recently and told me all about it. So when this popped up on my radar, I thought it was like really dope to check out. It looks like it's a really great and great movie. I, the surfing isn't going to be like pro surfing level quality, but it's really the story 
that goes into the lineup. And I think that's something that's forgotten a lot of times. We get too obsessed with seeing like the best, the greatest, all that kind of stuff. We got to remember there's people behind surfing and these stories need to be told. Uh, I thought the thing that was really endearing to me from just watching the trailer was seeing the little kid who was obsessed with going to the competitions and winning. So he's almost taking that spirit he might have put in a different sport, let's say a soccer or something like that, or boxing or basketball or whatever it may be, more traditional organized sports, and now he's putting that into surfing. And you could see it in his eyes. The competitive nature is a competitive nature for him to get out of his situation. And I think that's rather refreshing. So make sure to check it out. Check out what screenings are going on. I know as soon as there's a screening near me, I'm gonna go see the movie for sure. The last short take we have is a reminder about the one wave, one fin contest that the guys over at Innocence are doing. Uh, there's a couple of more days to enter it. Uh, I'm sorry I'm, I'm releasing this podcast a little late, so you probably only have about two days after you hear this initially. But if you log, you're good. You got video of it. Definitely tag some of your videos because it's an easy way to make a quick G. Uh, go over to their Instagram account. Uh, to see all the details, I-N-N-O-C-N-T-S. Uh, Sean Tully, this is, I think, the second or third year they're putting it on. I, I love this contest. I love the whole concept of it. I think it's really cool to have something out there that people can enter all over the world and showcase their their logging skills, get people to see it, get a great cast of judges to take a look at you, and you might win some money. I know besides the main prize, there are some other smaller prizes that they were thinking about doing. I think the Bandits is doing a prize. Um, Weed Maps is behind it, which is really cool. Um, so they're supporting it, but make sure you check it out if you want to win a quick G or just check out the hashtag to see all the entries. The entries this year are like really amazing and pretty dope. But that's it for this week, the Bodega Border Crew Podcast. Thanks so much for your support out there, uh, putting stickers up, buying our stuff. I love getting the little videos of people sending uh, their Instagram stories of either wearing our t-shirts or having their stickers on stuff. I got one recently from uh, Harrison Roach, which I think was really dope. Uh, the sticker was, uh, it was like one of our Flavor Flav stickers on his laptop. Harrison, by the way, being like one of my favorite surfers. Harrison, let's do this. We could totally do the interview when you're in the States one day. Um, but anyway, I appreciate the support. I appreciate all the love everybody's giving us. Uh, but with that, you know, I'm going to leave you with our final words of wisdom that we always leave every episode with, which is you don't need to bust a craze on a wave. Go out there, have fun. Try not to snake people. Try to smile at people. Try to have a good time. Try to expose them to your culture. Listen to what they have to say and learn something new. And with that, I'm going to leave a couple of tracks for you guys and then uh, see you next week. Peace. Make a clap to this. Make make a clap, make a clap to this. Make a make a clap to this. Make 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 a make a clap to this. I came in the door. I said it before. 
I never let the mic magnetize me no more, but it's biting me, fighting me, inviting me to rhyme. I can't hold it back. I'm looking for the line, taking off my coat, clearing my throat. The rhyme will be kicking it till I hit my last note. My mind remains to find all kind of ideas. Self-esteem makes it seem like a thought took years to build, but still say a rhyme after the next one. Prepared, never scared, I'll just bless one. And you know that I'm the solo whiz, so Eric B, make him clap to this. Make, make, make him, make him clap to this. Make, make, make a make a clap to this. Make a make a make a clap, make a clap, make a clap to this. Make a clap to this. Make, make, make a make a clap to this. I don't bug out or chill or be acting ill. No tricks in 86, it's time to build. Eric, be easy on the cut, no mistakes allowed. Cause to me, MC means move the crowd. I made it easy to dance to this. But can you detect what's coming next from the flex of the wrist? Say indeed, then I'll proceed. Cause my man made a mix. If he bleed, he won't be no band-aid to fix his fingertips. So I'm rhyming too, there's no rhymes left. I hurry up because the cut'll make him bleed to death. But he's kicking it, cause it ain't no half-stepping. The party is live, the rhyme can't be kept inside. He's erupting just like a volcano It ain't the everyday style or the same old rhyme Cause I'm better than the rest of them Every B is on the cut and my name is Rock Kim Make a make a clap to this Make a make a make a clap to this To a quiet storm, but now it's out of hand Cause you told me you hate me And then you asked what have I done lately First you said all you want is love and affection Let me be your angel and I'll be your protection Take it out by your all kinds of things Make a, make a, make a clap to this Call the attitude, you need food to eat up I'm scheming like I'm dreaming on the couch with my feet up You scream I'm lazy, you must be crazy Thought I was a donut, you tried to glaze me
is on the cut, and my name is Rock Kim. Best. Make a clap to this.
You recognize this sound? Well, it's the underground. You know that we're down with what you like. Yeah, with what you like. And though we're usually on a serious tip, check it out. Tonight we're gonna flip and trip and let it all hang out tonight. We're gonna say what we like. Cause yo, yo, we wanna know how many people in the flow would like to just let yourselves go and do what you like. What's the night tonight? Just eat food, try not to be crude or rude. Kill the attitude, chill the serious mood and do what you like. And do what you like. Everybody do what you like. Sometimes I bite. Now, if you're hungry, get yourself something to eat. And if you're dirty, then go take a bath. Messed up the line? Nope, sometimes I don't rhyme. Help yourself to a cracker with a spread of cheddar cheese. Have a neck bone. You don't have to say please. Eat what you like. Yo, smell how you like. Everybody do what you like. Do what you like. Yo, do what you like. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you like to do, talk how you like. Now just act a fool. It's okay if you drool, cause everybody's gonna strip and jump in the pool and do what we like. And do what we like. Homegirls, for once, forget you got class. See a guy you like? Just grab him in the biscuits. And do what you like. No red, white, tan, black, yellow, or brown. It really doesn't matter. We could all get down and do what we like. And do what we like. From a pigskin Yankee to a blue, black southerner. Ditch digger or governor. Just do what you like. Look how you like. Now don't you know we're getting busy. We can't be corrected. Shay fan, have to be deaf. I say what I like. Like I said, sometimes we bite. Even though you don't think it's right. Yo, I like to bite. Just having fun, y'all. And if you think that it's wrong, you got to admit it's a new type of song. Do, do what you like. Yeah, do what you like. Yo, go where you like. Go where you like. Yo, do who you like. All right, here we go, y'all. Do what you like. Talk how you like. Drink what you like. Grab who you like. Feel what you like. Eat what you like. Scratch where you like. Itch if you like. Go where you like, kid. A brief announcement to all radio DJs. If this record is currently being played at your station, we will provide the following time for you to announce your station identification. We'd also like to add that we've now reached the three and a half minute mark of this song. Radio stations may begin your fade here. For those that would like help, we will start your fade for you. Now if this 
This record is being played at a club, disco, lounge, house, basement, or block party, car, stereo, stoop, or at any other social gathering. We will now allow the beat to continue and proceed to give you more of what you like. This message has been brought to you by the makers of The Way We Swing and the underground Talk How You Like Posse. Ah, I feel like a nice big bowl of cereal. Icy cold milk. Look, I told you, kid, eat what you like, okay? Now the beat goes on to the break of dawn. I just peep this, y'all, because we're singing the song. I do what you like. Yeah, I do what you like. And since you came here, you got to show and prove. And do that dance until the door move. I do what you like. Like I said, sometimes we bite. Now we're all getting stupid and acting a fool. Anything that you really want to do is cool. So go fingers. Cut what you like. If you're hungry, then get yourself something to eat. And if you're dirty, then go take a bath. And do what you like. Stats of Sonic suggest for the hip hop fan. And since we're not your average everyday rap band, you're piano man. Play how you like. gonna strip and jump in the pool and wait, wait a minute wait a minute don't take your clothes off yet not yet wait till we get home now if you wear corrective shoes and you got big onions toenails smell and look like onions don't do what you like go yeah, see a foot yeah, doctor yeah. tonight everybody do what you like what you like just do what you like do what you like everybody do what you like Shy girl or loud like Obama. From Connecticut or from Louisiana. Bad table etiquette, too much chatter. Very well spoken, a real back grammar. A minority token, a brother in the slammer. A free civilian with a house in Santa Ana. If you got a million and live in Atlanta. If you got a weak bladder, I can't climb a ladder. What we're saying is it really doesn't matter. I need a word that sounds like Ada. Slipped on a peel of banana to what you like. Yeah, cold getting stupid. Once again, you got the sound of the underground. Yeah, baby boy. dope is in the house. Boy. Yeah, are we putting things in check, baby D? <laughs> I'm with it. Yeah. Yo, Dave, let's show him some old school. It makes no sense just standing around. Come on, everybody, let's all. Yeah, and do what we like. And from a lime to a lemon, a lemon to a lime. Come on, young ladies, let's and do what we like. Now I could sing, I could dance, I'm the king of romance. All you sweet young ladies gonna give you a chance to do what you like and get that thing packed tonight. Vanessa Williams, oh you're so divine. Just wanted to put your name in my rhyme, I do what you like. Yeah. Everybody do what you like. I'm just go to the back room right now, okay? Just me and you. 
your clothes off. Thank the Lord for my kids, even if nobody else wants them. Cause I think we can make it. 
gon' stand tall or come back for more Cause ain't nothing worse than when your son wants to know why his daddy don't love him no more You can't complain you was dealt this hell of a hand without a man feeling helpless Because there's too many things for you to deal with Dying inside but outside you're looking fierce While the tears is rolling down your cheek Your daddy hoping things don't all fall this week Cause if it did you couldn't take it And don't blame me I was given this world I didn't make it And now my son's getting older and older and cold From having the world on his shoulders While the rich kids are driving bins I'm still trying to hold on to surviving friends And it's crazy It seems they'll never let up But huh, please You gotta keep your head up